Masks of Sanity podcast may have graphic and disturbing content and may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to Masks of Sanity podcast, where we discuss people who hide behind fake faces, and we start off each episode with the shots. Cheers. (laughs) And we're going to discuss killer kids. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That's quite an everlasting shot face you got there. (laughs) Is this a preface of my birthday? (laughs) It might be. <laughs> okay. Also, happy early birthday to Ambie, even though this will not be published until way after her birthday. Oh, yeah. All right. Despite what everybody believes, I'm going to be 28. Ethan keeps telling me I'm 23. You are 28. You're turning 29. No, I'm turning 28. I thought you were two years older than me. No, I'm a year older than you. Why do you keep... You told me you were 28 the first I said minutes. I'm, no, I said yes. I'm almost 28. Oh. You were drunk. Okay, I thought you were 28 this entire time. No. <laughs> Damn, thanks. I knew I was a year older than oh. you. At least I know your age. Okay, so how we're going to decide who goes first is we have a D20. Yet again. Which is a 20-sided die that people use for lots of games. I personally use for D&D. Me and my husband's used it for Magic the Gathering. So am I rolling again this week? Yeah. Okay. It is a two. Did you call evens or odds? I always have easens. Easens? One shot. And we still have to work tomorrow. Is that the Zinfandel from last week? <laughs> no, this is the one you brought. You just already opened it? Yes. Okay. This uh, this is a bitch to get open with my corkscrew. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a wine key? Yeah, I have a corkscrew. That's all like, I think. The one with like, the levers? That's easy to open things with? Oh, no, I have... It, ours literally has one that sits on the little It's top. a wine key. Yeah. Okay. So, but it doesn't do it on both. Yeah, it's a wine it, key. It does it on one. It's a wine key. Okay, well, I don't know. I don't drink wine that much. <laughs> okay. I only recently started drinking wine because of you. You're a bad influence. <laughs> well, I'm going to need you to pour us glasses so that... Let's hope... The one. Let's hope this cork didn't get stuck in here. This is the... Oh, but why'd you re-cork it? I didn't. Calling <laughs> <laughs> out Ryan. <laughs> he did it. He said he was going to listen to this episode. He's not listening to us. <laughs> He's not going to. He has his headphones on. He's I... talking to Dan or Daniel or Hoover or whatever his name is. Hoover? <laughs> <laughs> I never said his name was Hoover. What's his last name? Weber. <laughs> I'm sorry, I sound like Muttley. Oh, yeah, give me the, the taller pour. I'm happy with that. <laughs> well, I hope so. I'm going to drink half this before I even start my case. You're going first. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't, I could, I'm not drinking two glasses this week. I might. Oh. Actually, no, I can't. I'm going to interview tomorrow. You do have your interview tomorrow. Rip. Rip. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's fine. So you're first. I am first. Hold on. Let me take some wine. Take some wine. It's can... communion now. <laughs> I can promise you it's not going to taste right with the tequila. God bless. I told you. Half the glass before my first case. She wasn't okay. joking. I was not joking. All right. So I am doing yet another Ooh. very prolific case of Mary Bell. And have you heard of Mary Bell? I've heard the name. I haven't know the really case. researched into it. Okay. All right. Well, this little girl. Uh-oh. Oh, maybe. But know. me saying she's a little girl on a no. kid's episode triggered it for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, I think I have heard this. <laughs> well, she's a little girl. Maybe I have. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm tired. Okay. I am, too. All right. So I'm going to go like normal, go into the backstory because I like backstories. I think they're really important as to how things turned out, especially in this case. So Mary Flora Bell, a.k.a. May, um, I'm not really sure who called her May, but on multiple of my sources, they refer to her as May. I'm assuming it was just her mom, but I'm not really sure. She was born on May 26, 1957 in England. <laughs> Sorry, it went down the wrong way again this week. You need to learn how to drink properly before we start these episodes. I need to just take a drink and I hope I choke that time. (laughs) God bless. I was like, you better just finish it off. All right. For anyone who's keeping track, I read down my first glass. All right. So her mom, Betty McCricket. (laughs) Stop coughing when I say Betty's name. This is the second time. Just redo it. Are you done coughing? Do you need water? I should be okay. Okay. So Mary's mom, Betty McCricket, which I love the name, McCricket, she was a well-known sex worker, and she was often absent from the home whenever Mary was growing up. Um, When she was 17 years old is when she gave birth to Mary, and the first time that she saw her, she said, take that thing away from me. Oof. Oof. Big oof. So her dad, her biological dad, is unknown, but she suspected it was a guy named Bill Bell. Um, Bill married Betty after Mary was actually born, but he was a habitual criminal, and he was arrested eventually for armed robbery. So um, Mary, oof, Mary experienced a lot of abuse as a child, um, both mental and physical, from her mom and her mom's clients. Remember, she was a sex worker. So, um, her mom started pimping her out at the age of four, which is speculation, but a lot of people say that it was true. Oh, that's disgusting. It is repulsive. Betty's sister also witnessed, um, Betty tried to give Mary away to a woman whenever she was younger, and, um, Mary was also known to be accident prone when she was younger. She, quote, fell from a window at one point and also accidentally overdosed on sleeping pills. Sure. So pretty sure she was suicidal, but um, those were the stories that her mom stuck to, and no one questioned it. Um, mm-hmm. She also, there was also, after everything that happened, people believed that Mary was a victim of Munchausen syndrome by proxy, and that her mom longed for attention through Mary's accidents. So she thinks that either 
some people think that it was more of like a suicide attempt, and some people also believe that the mom was abusive in order to get attention through her daughter's injuries. Fun. Yeah. <clears throat> Isn't that wonderful? Not exactly what I strive to be as a mom, but... No. Yeah. Um, so Mary's temperament was withdrawn and manipulative, and she was always hovering on the edge of violence as she was growing up. What was that face? <laughs> it just, the line hit me weirdly for a second. Sorry. Apparently. <clears throat> So, Mary's always had this obsession with death, and finally, on May 11th, 1968, Mary was playing with a three-year-old boy. The little boy fell from the top of an air raid shelter, and it was thought to be an accident, but later speculated after everything came out that she actually pushed him. Hmm. So, on May 12th in 1968, a day after the accident with the air raid shelter and the three-year-old boy, uh, three moms reported to police that Mary attempted to strangle their three daughters. Um, a brief poli- police interview and lecture. Oof. Do it again. Maybe I shouldn't have had this much wine before my case. It's literally um, a glass. And a shot of tequila. And all I had was today was a salad. Oh, for Christ's sakes, you need to eat more. <laughs> it's my gluten allergy. Bullshit. <laughs> There's a ton of gluten-free shit around here now. There are. We live in the one of two or three biggest cities in fucking Kentucky. It's the biggest city in Kentucky. Is it? I'm pretty sure it's bigger than Lexington. I don't know anymore. It's a hell of a lot bigger than Frankfurt. Well, yeah. No, that goes without saying. Um, so after the moms reported that Mary apparently tried to strangle their three daughters, only a brief interview and lecture followed, and there were no charges were filed against Mary. Probably because she was yo- so young. And probably because there was no proof. Like, oh, that's how do you prove that she tried to strangle these three girls? So, all these things are kind of leading up to May 25th, 1968, and Mary was at the age of 10. Um, the body of a four-year-old boy named Martin Brown was discovered in an abandoned house in Scottswood, England. Mm-hmm. Um, it was found by two boys who were playing in the house. Um, apparently, Mary had left to go bring a friend back to see the body, but the boys discovered the body before she was able to return. Um, Very little blood and saliva was found on the face, but other than that, there was really no signs of violence, and it kind of stumped the police, Um, but they were able to find an empty bottle of painkillers nearby the body, so they just kind of assumed that Martin had swallowed the pills and the death was ruled an accident. Whenever Mary returned with her friend Norma Bell of no relation, the police were there inspecting the body. Martin's family suspected otherwise. Uh, the day that Mary Bell showed up on their doorstep, she asked to see Martin, and uh, his mom just pretty much explained, you know, Martin is dead. You know, she's only 10 years old. Maybe she doesn't understand this. And Mary said that she already knew that he was dead, and she wanted to see his body in the casket. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, how fucking morbid is that? That's a morbid curiosity. I mean, I have a morbid sense of humor at times, but not that bad. Well, imagine if a little girl came up to you if she had, if your son had just passed. Oof. How would you react to her saying, I want to see his body in the casket? Mm-hmm. Not well. Well, this mom just slammed her door in the little girl's face. Probably the same. Yeah, right? If not, crawling into a ball and probably crying myself to sleep. I mean, that's fair. That's what I would have done. So, Mary and her friend Norma, the girl that she tried to take back to the first crime scene, they broke into this nursery school, and they pretty much just vandalized it, and they kept on leaving all of these notes everywhere, stating their responsibility for Martin's death. 
Um, then and also in the notes, they promised to kill again. Police assumed it was a just a morbid prank, and um, just one of the most latest and most disturbing of a series of a bunch of break-ins that they had been having. So shortly after, they installed this alarm system, and the new alarm system ended up catching both girls several nights later at the same place. But whenever the police arrived, both girls were just outside loitering. So they pretty much said that the girls were off the hook. They think they just triggered it, and they weren't even doing anything really bad at the point whenever the police showed up. But after that, Mary ended up bragging to her classmates about the death of Martin, how she was taking credit for it. But her reputation as a liar and a show-off kind of made them think that they shouldn't believe her, that she was just making up this stuff to get more attention. Which, I mean, in her household, that's pretty common to have that type of behavior of being a liar and telling tall tales just to get attention. So, so I mean, it's not far-fetched. I probably do think the same thing. Um, <clears throat> on July 31st, 1968, which is two months after Martin's death, Mary and Norma strangled a three-year-old boy named Brian Howe, and Mary ended up mutilating the body with scissors. So she oh. scratched his thighs, but then he com- she completely butchered his penis. So at this point, she was 11. She had just turned 11, and this was a three-year-old boy. Mm. No. I'm, I'm not sure why the penis was mutilated. I don't know. It's because of the sexual assault she had when she was a child that just kind of played over. Possibly. I mean, I don't know why else she would mutilate that at, at 11 years old. Um, so the same night, Brian's sister went out and looked for him, and she ended up running into Mary and Norma. And Mary and Norma both offered up to help. Um, so they searched the neighborhood, and Mary pointed out these concrete blocks that they had put his body behind. And Norma just said, you know, like, he, he's not going to be over there, whatever. And they ended up making the sister move on and look in different places. Well, later the same night, Brian's body was eventually found, <clears throat> and the neighborhood started panicking because that was two boys that had been killed under the age of four mm-hmm. in two months. And the coroner's report showed that his blood had cooled by the time that there was a mark placed on his chest. So pretty much he had died. He had been there for a while. And then with a razor blade, someone had cut an M into the torso. So I want to speculate and say it was M for Mary. I'm pretty sure that's what the M for Mary was. Um, And also there was shown as a lack of force was suggested a child was the killer. Well, I mean, she's little. She's not going to have a lot of strength. I mean... No, and she was small for her age in general. As an 11-year-old girl, like, she wasn't... I mean, I was this tall at 11, but she was, like, smaller as 11. I'm pretty sure my oldest son would be able to do a lot, but he's a bigger kid. Yeah. But, like, my daughter at 11 wouldn't have been able to do that. No, and she's petite. Yeah, my daughter is extremely petite, you know, she still wouldn't be able to do that. No, not at all. So during the investigation, police interviewed a lot of local kids, hoping that they maybe saw something or maybe they would have a clue to kind of point them in the right direction. Mm -hmm. During Mary and Norma's interviews, they did not disguise their interest at all. So they acted very strangely. Norma was way too excited about it. So Mary is very evasive in her interview, and the police brought up that there was an eyewitness statement eyewitness statement saying that people saw her with Brian the day of his death. So on the day of Brian's funeral, 
Mary was spotted kind of lurking outside of his house, and people also saw her laughing as she rubbed her hands together whenever she, she saw him in his coffin. Okay, like, there's how something... How cartoon-esque is that? Something is wrong with this child. <laughs> so wrong. And then during the second interview that the police had with both her and Norma, Mary made up this whole story saying that, at, that an eight-year-old boy had hit Brian, and the boy was also carrying broken scissors. However... The mutilation of the body was never disclosed to the public. Oh. Yeah. She fucked up. She incriminated herself big time. Well, she's also, what, at this time, 11, 12? She was 11. Okay, so she was, I mean... She was was a kid. I mean, whatever. And she seemed like a kid that was kind of full of herself and seeing that she possibly could have gotten away with it since she got away with the first one. Yeah. So I mean, she was literally putting herself in the in the investigation. She helped look for their bodies. She helped the police in every way possible. She was constantly showing up to the victims' houses, talking to the mom, saying that she wants to see the boys in their caskets. Like she was very involved after the deaths. She got off on it. Mm. So um, Mary and Norma both broke after further questioning. Norma cooperated and implicated Mary. Well, Mary admitted to being present during the murder, but she tried to blame Norma for everything. And both girls were tried with Brian's murder at the end of it. So the prosecutor told the court that Mary's reason for doing what she did was, and this is a quote, solely for pleasure and excitement of killing. She just wanted to kill. And that's why she did it. Okay. And her victims were smaller and weaker than her. So it made it pretty much easy. Um, Mary was convicted of murder and not manslaughter because psychiatrists convicted convinced the jury. Mary was convicted of murder and not manslaughter. <laughs> manslaughter <laughs> is that the new White Castle? <laughs> Long pig slider. Manslaughter. Oh <laughs> Mary was convicted of murder and manslaughter. Psychiatrists convinced the jury that she had classic symptoms of psychopathy. And um, they pretty much held her fully responsible for her actions, which I hate kids being tried as adults. However, in this case, I believe that she did need to be, she needed to serve for her crimes because they were morbid and so grotesque and at such a young age. Like she would have just continued doing what she was doing because she felt no empathy for her victims. Yeah. And it seemed like they were, well, at least she was doing it for fun and the other probably got off on it but she was probably peer pressured into it or scared into it well that's actually a great segue because now we're to norma so norma was an unwilling accomplice um who had fallen under a bad influence aka mary yes and she was actually acquitted of her crimes I don't know about acquitted. She was acquitted. She shouldn't have been acquitted because she did participate, but I wouldn't have given her as much as Mary. I mean, she wasn't even there for the first one. Oh, well, that's true. She was. On, they were only convicted of the second murder. And Mary is the one who mutilated the body. She's the one. I mean, she put an M in it. There was no end. Norma that's didn't true. do anything. Did they ever connect? They did connect Mary to the first one, though, didn't they? I, I mean, obviously they did, but I don't know if she actually got charged for it. I didn't read anything up on her being charged for it. Hmm. I don't like that. Even though they found saliva, but I don't think, I mean, this was in the 60s. I don't know if. I don't think they had or DNA 70s. testing. I don't know if they had DNA testing at that point. Yeah. They I were think... able to tell it was saliva, hmm. but that was it. Hmm. 
So the judge sentenced Mary to be imprisoned, quote, at her majesty's pleasure, which pretty much is just Britain's version of saying, whenever we feel you're good, you're good. Mm -hmm. Um, And due to being a dangerous person and a serious threat to other children is why she pretty much got convicted. She was released in 1980 under strict probation. Mm -hmm. And then after prison in 1984, she actually gave birth to a daughter. Um, Her daughter did not know anything about Mary or her crimes until she was 14 years old. And even then, it was only because of a tabloid paper. Oh, wow. It took that long? It took that long. So now Mary is 63 years old, and they gave her a new identity and her daughter a new identity. They've been forced to move several times in order to um, protect themselves. Mm -hmm. And... um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I do actually have a quote um, from Martin Brown's mother, who was the first victim. And she's quoted saying, it's all about her and how she has to be protected. As victims, we are not given the same rights as killers. I don't like that. Yeah. Because she gets to go free and raise her daughter, whereas they don't even get the chance because they weren't given that chance to raise their sons. Yeah. Their son was barely older than your son. Mm, don't like that even more now. Yeah, I'm sorry to put that in perspective, but that's literally what it is. Like, imagine not being able to raise your son. I, uh, that bothers me. I mean, I think about it all the day, but it's different. Yeah. You know? Nevertheless, Mary Bell remains protected by the British government today, and the court rulings protecting the identities of certain convicts are even unofficially referred to as, quote, Mary Bell Orders. She even has an order named after her. What the hell? Yep. And that's my case. Doesn't that make you hate everything? Yes. Can I have another glass of wine, please, now? Yes. I've earned it. <laughs> she got through it, everybody. I got through it. Holy hell. That took, like, twice as long just because I've, I've fucked up so many times. Oof. Tell me when. Um, More. More. God bless you. Do have an interview. Okay. Please don't forget that. I'll be fine. I mean, you will. I'm the lightweight. I love the sound of pouring, by the way. I'm totally keeping that in our recording. Oh, please do. I love the aesthetic. Oh, I didn't even have you look at the drive. I looked. Okay, so Don't you worry. saw the faces. Yes. Okay. The little cherub angels. They're so sweet. I know. And Mary looks like a normal kid. Like, honestly, she looks like my sister. Like, I'll have to show you that. She looks like I'm my sure sister. I'm sure she'll really appreciate that. My sister loves me. Don't worry. Well, I mean, I'm the only sister she's got, so she's stuck with my ass. That is is very true. So, actually, I want to share one more thing. In the drive, which, guys, whatever we say in the drive, we have a drive shared, but whenever we post a new episode, we're actually going to be posting all of the pictures that we have Mm -hmm. on our Facebook page. So, if you go to the Masks of Sanity podcast discussion group. Yes, it's in. There's a lot, but it's all I could do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, we might be able to shorten it later if Dory ever deletes that other one. But for right now, it's the Masks of Sanity discussion group, our podcast discussion group. Yes. Yes. Masks of Sanity podcast discussion group. You'll be able to find all the pictures that we are talking about. If you are curious or if you just want to do your own Googling, go ahead and do that. You are welcome to it. So in the picture that I gave, showed her of Mary Bell, there is a quote from Mary saying, I like hurting little things that can't fight back. Ooh, what's really crazy is when I get into my story, 
There's a lot of similar similarities to them. To a point. I don't like this. <laughs> okay, I'm opening up your file so that I have it open whenever you're ready to talk about it. Well, I hope you're not opening my actual, like, document, but... No, only the pictures. Okay. I'm assuming these are siblings. Which ones? Um, the mugshot and the other one? Yeah. They are. Okay. They have similar noses. Yes, they do, and so does their mother. That's what I was wondering. That's their mom. Because she looks very similar to them as well. Okay, so mine is also in England. Oof. Yeah. What's going over across the pond now, ma'am? <laughs> across the pond. <laughs> oh, you're going to rub off on me and my husband's going to hate me. You're welcome, Ryan. <laughs> so this is a story of two 14-year-olds, Kim Edwards and Lucas Markham. Better known as the Twilight Killers. Shout out, Dory. This is the whole entire reason why I picked this one. Because of Dory? Because she loves Twilight. And you'll see where this goes. Twilight, like the The, the movie. The, the horrible movie. I did not know Dory was so into Twilight. I mean, she's talked about it quite a bit. I haven't heard her talk about that. Oh, Maybe she... I just don't tune it out because I don't like Twilight. Wait, is she Team Edward or Team Jacob? I don't know. This is essential knowledge for me. We can ask her tomorrow. What are you? I'm, I don't give two fucks. You had to pick two. Or one. <laughs> don't pick two. That was what Bella was trying to do. <laughs> oh, this movie was awful. Pick one. Even the actors think it was horrible. Pick one. Honestly, I like Jacob. I don't like the Same. pasty white guys. Yes, Team Jacob. Despite the fact that I married pasty white guy. He I love him. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to listen to this one and he's going to fucking hate me. Ryan is cute and so is his brother Shane. So. Well, now I have to have Shane listen to this one. Oh. Well, Shane already knows I think he's cute. Kim lived with her mother Elizabeth and younger sister Katie in Spalding in southern Lincolnshire, England. Okay. That's a mouthful. I'm not doing it again. I think you should. Five times fast. <laughs> In 08, this is 2008. Okay. So I mine's mean, a figured. lot more recent. I mean, I figured you were saying 08 for 1908. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> uh, I believe Katie and... Do we need to pause? No, I just don't know why there's a bunch of dried blood on me. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. In 2008, a domestic fight between Kim and Elizabeth started. This caused Elizabeth to hit Kim, and she ultimately turned herself over to social services. Okay. For doing so. Both Kim and Katie, her sister, were taken into care, but only temporarily. They were given back to their mom. How hard was this hit? I want to... Because my mom hit me pretty hard growing up. Pretty hard. <laughs> In like a loving, endearing, I'm going to beat the shit out of you type of way. <laughs> I mean, my grandma smacked me on my birthday. Yeah. I remember that. My mom's a good mom. Don't report her. Was I mean, my grandmother was a great person. <laughs> she had her differences. But I was also a bratty ass teenager. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, me? <laughs> so surprising. <laughs> 
wonder why this accent keeps coming out. It's because you're two glasses in. Not even. I have a shot in a glass and two sips in. <laughs> Sip that shit. I'm going to chug this shit. <laughs> you do have wrong. to drive. <laughs> I have to drive and I have to finish my resume tonight for my interview. Yes, you do. Oh and you actually have to get through your interview without a fucking headache. It's at 1 p.m. We're fine. That was coming in the afternoon. You're fine. <laughs> Okay, apparently my Wisconsin comes out whenever I've been drinking. Oh, it does. <laughs> you have no clue. <laughs> I see it almost every Friday. I'm allowed to go. Okay. Okay. You can save all of that. I'm sure our Patreon members, when we finally get some, please. Um, please subscribe to our Patreon. 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 <laughs> if you do, I will give you a shout out in my northern accent. Oh, yes. That would be amazing. And then me with my shitty ass. If <laughs> any of you have Hungarian names, don't subscribe. I don't want to give you a shout out. <laughs> we'll just have Spencer record all of them. <laughs> all going to be called Andy. Oh, Jesus Christ. My mom thought that was the funniest thing ever when I told her that I renamed some kid. I like your mom. I want to meet your mom. She's awesome. I'll have to get her to visit after, you know, the the sickness. The apocalypse is over. Sure. Yeah, my niece calls it the sickness. (laughs) I mean, she's trying. (laughs) She's little. She's cute. Okay. Oh, you can live with, she can live with that forever. I love her. Kim started to feel like her mother favored Katie, her sister, more than her. She believed she was always second best all the time to her sister. I mean, don't most sisters feel that way? Because, I mean, I was always the better sister. But, love you. (laughs) My sister's not going to listen to this. My sister might. I like your sister. I like my sister, too. I don't like my sister. I love my sister. She gave me the most wonderful niece in the world. So, this caused the rift between Kim and Elizabeth to grow more and more. Okay. Uh, Kim eventually threatened to run away, once wrote a suicide note, to which her mom found and booked her an emergency psychiatric assessment for her daughter. But no signs of mental illness was found during this time. Okay. Things only got worse when Kim turned 13 and started dating Lucas Markham, who also suffered a difficult upbringing. Difficult? Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the wine tonight. (laughs) You picked this one. This wine? Yes! You brought this over last time. Um, you can blame whoever bought my care package. Fucking Sam. Sam and Dory. <laughs> Sam and Dory, it's a wonderful wine. I appreciate it. <laughs> Don't listen to Amber. Okay. <laughs> I just give you a lot of shit. Also, cutest couple ever. Keep going. <laughs> Things only got worse when Kim turned 13, and she started dating Lucas Markham. He also suffered a difficult upbringing, but his was a lot worse than Kim's. Okay. Lucas was taken into foster care when his parents' violent relationship led to divorce. Then he moved with his aunt. Wait, 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 w
So he went to foster care just because his parents divorced. His dad was an alcoholic and was extremely abusive to his mother. I'm not sure about him. I couldn't find anything that said anything otherwise. You mean her? No, I'm talking about if he was abusive to Lucas. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, I do so believe... why couldn't the mom... Sometimes with abusive relationships, it might be better... To just remove the kid entirely? To remove the kid entirely until the mom has re- rehabilitated mm, themselves. Agree to disagree. I know, but... I think the kid's better off with a parent. Yeah, but everybody's different. We don't know said parent situation, et cetera, and so forth, or how actually bad this relationship was. That's fair. But he was taken in by family, so he was not removed 100% from the family. So it was foster care, but not really. No, his aunt ended up taking him. Okay. After his short stay with foster care. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So whatever pretty much the family found out, like, oh, our family's in foster care, we're going to get him out of there and actually take care of him? Yes. Okay. So this was possibly... Also, the reason she gave him to foster care during the time is his mom, one year later, after the divorce, died of leukemia. Oh, my gosh. So she was probably dealing with her husband and possibly getting sicker and sicker. Did she know that she had leukemia? I couldn't find anything that said she did. But, I mean, that does add to stress levels especially if you're in a violent relationship with such a unless she had such advanced stage of leukemia that it took her in a year yeah i mean i had a friend whose dad just passed away and then i found out that he had cancer four weeks before it just hit him so fast so i mean mean, it's not unheard of yeah so like i said his mother did sadly die of leukemia one year after the divorce and he was taken in by his aunt his relationship with his father was far from ideal due to his father's heavy drinking habits so okay. they didn't really establish a very good relationship due to that uh, lucas was said to be a very intelligent child with an aptitude for math mm-hmm. more power to you i can't Um, but he had extreme anger issues and caused fights with other students. And to tell you how bad these fights got, when Kim and Lucas met for the first time, Lucas was throwing a chair across the room in a fit of rage. I mean, that's not how you spend your Saturday nights? (laughs) I mean, I don't. I'm just trying to keep a toddler from jumping off the back of my couch. Or your dog jumping out of its crate. Oh, that's true. Freaking nut job. I love her. <laughs> I love her, but she's crazy. I'm getting there, but she's crazy. She loves me. Take her. <laughs> I can't take a third dog. You're an Aspen or enough. Your roommate would have a fit. Yeah, she also has a dog. There'd be four dogs in the yeah. house. Especially mine. Th- three of all four of them are under three years of age. Yeah, my dog is nine months o- oh. old. Old. Nine months old? Yeah. There you go. Yep. I said it. And she's a hound mix. I love hound mixes. That's what Assie is. Or Aspen. Sorry. I probably shouldn't say Assie on the podcast. 
That's my nickname for my cute little puppy who drives me insane. Yeah, but she's also a Border Collie mix. And those two breeds are highly energetic, and I didn't know. So I regret that decision. Currently, but I'm sure she'll be a great dog later. Oh, yeah. She's already a great dog. She's just super hyper. Super hyper? She pulled my hair earlier. Did she? Yeah, her claw got caught in one of my many tangles (laughs) in my hair. And I just kind of, like, my head went down with her. (laughs) So, over the next few months, Kim and Lucas became infatuated with each other, much to Elizabeth's discomfort. She didn't like Lucas. She didn't like his anger. She didn't like anything. She didn't like her daughter with him. Okay. She believed that just them becoming teenagers, she thought it was too young for them to be in a sexual relationship. Oh, God. They're having sex? Yeah. Is this going where I think it's going? You'll see. This is going where I think it's going. So, if you look in the drive... You'll see that picture of the little girl with the black-haired woman. Yes. That is Katie with her mom. Okay. And the mugshot is of Kim and Lucas. Okay. So, trust me, you're not going to like where this is going. I already know where I think where this is going, unfortunately. I mean, I agree with her mom. Not wanting to have sex at such a young age? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, especially with American sexual, like, classes. Sexual education? Yeah, that. Because most of them are of... Abstinence. Abstinence. And they're not of actual sexual health. They don't talk about way to stay healthy, way to prevent things, the best way to do things without... STDs or pregnancy or I mean I can't really even say the anything. They don't even go over the that different. Makes you sound like I have STDs. I don't have STDs. Um, oh, something really funny. I was going down the highway home to get here to set up, and there was this guy with a big old circle on the back of his truck window. Just a circle, but it had STI in it, and I was like, "Well, that's one way to tell somebody." STI, sexually transmitted infections. Oh. Yeah, and that's all it said was STI. And I was like, well. I'm sure it means something else. I 100% am sure that it means something else, but I literally went you just right go there. You broadcast it to all of Louisville. You never know. Like, hey, if anyone's dis- concerned, <laughs> I have an infection. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it's not staff. <laughs> even with the American health education, sex education and stuff like that they don't even go over the different types of pregnancies women can have like ectopic pregnancies okay, chemical like, pregnancies. where are we going with this right. you know, stuff like that yeah. if my grandmother didn't tell me these things i would have never freaking known i don't think i learned about any of that stuff until i was in college for my um, biology class yeah and like i wouldn't want my kids doing that right now because then I have to go into a lot more detail that I don't know if I'm ready for right oh, now. Oh, you're not ready to be a grandma? A oh, fuck no. I'm not even 30 yet. I know. But, so. Technically, you're a step-grandma. Does that make it better? No. Okay. <laughs> Still the same. Still the same to me. There are her kids. <laughs> they are. There are no steps or halves. Everyone is a family. Yes. Keep going. So, or adoptions. Um, 
Everyone's a family. Sorry, that's my platform. Keep going. <laughs> this is my hill and I'll die on it. Family is family. So Elizabeth urged her daughter to break it off with Lucas, but this made things so much worse. You cannot tell a teenager what to do. I mean, no. No one tried telling me what to do, and that didn't work out. <laughs> Eventually, Elizabeth barred Lucas from entering her house. So he what do you was... mean bars? Like physically put up bars? No. Or like just said, you're not coming in? You're not coming in. Okay, I didn't know if she had to like physically bar things because she, she was so have. aggressively sexual. <laughs> she probably should have. Again, you'll, sa- you'll realize why I say that. Okay. By this time, Lucas started to share in Kim's hatred for Elizabeth. So this isn't good. I mean, they, I agree. Yeah. It would be him that would suggest killing Elizabeth, Kim's mother. Because, I mean, what other options are there? None. Clearly none. He's too sexually aggressive. They have to bar up the fucking windows. (laughs) Okay, Wisconsin. (laughs) That was way animated Wisconsin. That was past Wisconsin. I don't even know what that was. (laughs) That was pretty close to Minnesota. (laughs) So, assuming he was joking, Kim replied with a casual, yeah, before realizing he was very much serious. Are you going to make fun of what I said? Are you I'm trying to swallow before I spit it out. <laughs> Keep going. I'm holding myself up with the wall right now. <laughs> On April 13th, 2016, the twisted fantasy turned into a reality. Okay. Both Kim and Lucas planned out what they were going to do beforehand. So, mind you, this is premeditated. Okay. Kim let Lucas into the house through a bathroom window. He had with him a bag of kitchen knives. Are they dull? Are they sharp? I'm pretty sure they're sharp. Are they poison art? I don't know about that. Okay. I need to know these things. Well, I'm sorry I couldn't get the specifics for you. Okay, well. I guess you just have to keep going then. With a knife clutched in his hands. Hand. God bless. He's using two hands. <laughs> two hands on the knife. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Are you sure you're okay? <laughs> you're wiggle. <wiggling. laughs> that door doesn't shut. <laughs> Cold draft out of nowhere. It's probably welcoming for you. Sorry, guys. I just leaned against a door that apparently wasn't shut. It doesn't shut. I forgot. It's covered by my beautiful grandma's blanket. Oh, my goodness. Okay, keep going. (laughs) That's what you get for fucking shit up. Okay. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) Are you done? I'm done. Keep going. Are you? All right, starting from the top. Starting from the top. You done? I'm done. I'll be quiet. (laughs) With a knife clutched in his hand, Lucas walked into Elizabeth's bedroom and found her asleep. Lucas stabbed her in the neck, purposely aiming for her voice muff. Voice muff? I already clapped! Clap again. That fucking sucked. <laughs> that was a pathetic clap. 
It was. That hurt. Actually. Do you want me to clap for you? I, I got it. Really I got it. Hold up the blanket that you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Damn it, Maria. <laughs> We're going to have to edit this so much. <laughs> You're going to have to edit this. <laughs> I know, it's adorable. Now shut the door. It's creepy as fuck. <laughs> My kid is adorable, thank you. Not during the Killer Kids episode, he's uh, not. No. That's All a right. good point. With a knife clutched in his hand, Lucas walked into Elizabeth's bedroom and found her asleep. Lucas stabbed her in the neck, purposely aiming for her voice box so she wouldn't cry out. How does he know anatomy that well? Is he was voice an... Jocks... <laughs> Is voice box to him just like her jugular? Unless he was a highly intelligent kid, so he might have researched this and premeditated where he was going to stab her. How old was she? Or he again? They at the this time they were both fourteen years old. Okay, I'd probably know where to stab to if that was my my objective. Okay, keep going. Well, he was very serious about this. So I can tell. He is dedicated. Yeah. So he did this so she wouldn't cry out for help. That included alerting Katie, the younger sister that was also in the house. It wasn't a clean kill. Lucas and Elizabeth struggled for 10 minutes as the former suffocated the latter with a pillow while continuing to stab her. Okay. And no one else in the house thought this was weird. Katie was still asleep. How are they sleeping through the struggle? I mean, they're probably like... Katie was. I'm not sure how far her bedroom was off from her mother's. Okay. But again, he was also stifling her with a pillow to suffocate her. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, if my parents were murdered when I was in high school, I wouldn't have heard a thing. Because they were on the bottom floor. I was on the top floor. We were on opposite ends of the house. Yeah. So it all depends on location. Yeah. Uh, in layout of the house. Well, glad my parents didn't get murdered. Well, I'm glad your parents didn't either. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> Due to how long it took, Kim walked into the room and witnessed her mother being murdered by Lucas. She witnessed? She watched. She didn't do anything to stop it? No. Though Kim had planned to kill her younger sister, she ended up suffering a panic attack witnessing her mother being murdered. I mean, who wouldn't? And sent Lucas to carry out Katie's murder as well. Why did Katie have to die? Like, I understand their, their, I don't understand it, but I can see their theory behind the mom because they were trying to have sex and she was, wasn't letting them bump up uglies. Holy hell. <laughs> I can't speak. But why did the sister have to die? So later on, she did confess that she missed her little sister, and but she thought it was only right that her sister would die because she wouldn't have been able to cope with their mother's death. Is she trying to pull this off as a mercy kill? I think the mother, no. Katie's, I do believe she was trying to pull this off as a mercy kill. I mean, at no point in my life have I ever thought, I'm going to kill my parents. <laughs> what no. I think, I'm going to... And kill my siblings, too, so they wouldn't feel pain. No, plus, you're also the younger. You probably wouldn't have been able to do it. And my sister's almost six foot, and I would not have been able to get through that. Yeah, I'm the shortest (laughs) in my family, so other than my mom. I am the shortest, including my mother. 
yeah, no, my mother I, is taller than me. My dad is taller. And my sister's taller. Even my half-brother is taller than me. I'm just the short shit that got the... Shit out of the stick? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, now my brother's bigger than me and my sister pinches, so. Hmm. Fun. Yeah. So, Lucas agreed and walked into Katie's bedroom. He would go on to kill Katie the same way he did Elizabeth, by suffocating her, stabbing her in the voice box, and stabbing her continuously in the throat. At this time, Katie was only 13 years old. Why would he replicate the first murder if it... I mean, it didn't go well. <laughs> it could have gone well, so much better. I think Why it went... replicate the first murder? I'm hoping, and I think it went a lot quicker with Katie, because... He learned? Katie, he learned, and Katie was smaller than Elizabeth. She was a full-grown woman fighting for her life and probably for her daughter's lives, thinking that... Both Kim and Katie were going to be next. I mean, as a mother myself, I would do anything to get to my kids if it meant life or death. I mean, same. I would be fighting until the very end. Same. I'd be like, I mean, my mom, definitely. Like, my dad, too. Like, any parents would do that for their kids. Exactly. So that's probably why Elizabeth struggled so long is because she was fighting to protect her daughters. And how old was Katie? Katie was only 13 years old when she died, and Kim was 14, so was Lucas. So, Katie, or Katie was only a year younger than these two. Poor girl. I mean, poor Elizabeth as well. Like, yeah, but I Katie, couldn't imagine those being my last moments. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine probably even... Waking up to this happening and realizing who was doing it. Because yeah. I'm sure she knew her boyfriend. Oh, yeah. I mean, Elizabeth had more than enough problems with him that Katie, I'm sure... And he probably didn't mask himself. He probably didn't do anything like that. She probably saw his face. Absolutely. She knew who was killing her. I'm sure she... I'm sure she did. And Katie, and I, too. I hate it. That's absolutely awful. So... This is where they get their name. Feeling no remorse for what they did, the teenage couple took advantage of the empty house. <clears throat> Ew. They would go to have a bath together to remove the blood from their bodies, went to have sex in the living room before cuddling together to watch Twilight and enjoy ice cream. So they literally romanticized the fact that he just brutally murdered her mom and her little sister. Yeah. And they then watched Twilight. Yeah. Which is why it's called the Twilight Murders. Absolutely. The news found this little tidbit out. And then that's when they were dubbed by the media the Twilight Killers. I hate it. I absolutely Thanks, do. Thanks, I absolutely hate this. <laughs> Whole nother reason for you to hate Twilight. Well, Mom, I know you said you were never going to listen to the podcast because, you know, this isn't your thing, but at least you can say that none of my ex-boyfriends or boyfriends of any type have ever tried to kill you, so they can't be that bad. Or convinced you to go through with it. That's true. Well, they, I'm also very close to my mom and my dad. I'm very close to my entire family. Yeah. Like... This would never even cross my mind just because I wanted to have sex with my boyfriend. So, yeah, that's why they were dubbed the Twilight Killers. 
I really wish that would be a cooler reason than that for the Twilight Killers. You'd think, but they're also 14 years old. At the time, Twilight was the biggest hit for teenage girls. This was 2008? This was 2016. Oh, okay. When the murders happened, it was April 13th, 2016. When did 2008 come in? That was when Elizabeth and Kim had their domestic. That's okay. uh, So. So this is literally like, what, five years ago? So they're 19 now. Yeah. Still barely adults. Yeah. Okay. So they would go on to stay in the house for the next 36 hours while the bodies of Elizabeth and Katie laid behind closed doors. So they left them in their bedrooms. And just did whatever. Laid house. Basically. Took care of themselves. Did whatever the hell teenage kids want. And did she show any remorse during these 36 hours? She... It was recorded later that she did not show any remorse for either one of them. Uh, Like I said with that quote, she did say she missed her little sister. But then again, through the whole mercy kill of saying that she knew her sister wouldn't have been able to cope with her mother's death. No. mm -mm, No. If that was me, I would be devastated. Oh, absolutely. If it was my dad, my mom, my brother, my sister, anybody. Anybody in my family. I would. My brother-in-law, my niece? No. Mm-mm, no. Yeah. I couldn't just play house with a dude that just killed someone in my family. Exactly. Ugh. But if... Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> I knew you would. Ugh. So, Kim and Katie's absence was not as much... Absence. Absence. Okay. God bless. <laughs> Maybe I just want more alcohol. Well, fair, clearly, but no. Kim and Katie's absence was noticed by the school. The police were sent to investigate and broke into the house. When the officers asked what was going on, Lucas looked at the cops and simply replied, Why don't you go and look? No. Yes. What cocky emmer effer. You might as well say the whole thing. Motherfucker! (laughs) Well, that was emphasized. (laughs) You don't have to hold the blanket, honey. It's just falling. My arm's asleep. (laughs) She's holding up my walls. (laughs) That sounded dirty. (laughs) Anyway. Both the Detective Chief Inspector, Martin Holvey, I'm sorry if I mispronounce any of this, and Professor David Wilson, who specializes in criminology, remarked on the strangeness of the couple's actions after the murders, saying that the complete lack of remorse and empathy was unusual. What? Not right. Unusual? You mean that's not that's unheard of. every teenage kid? Well, I, my, my daughter absolutely feels any type of remorse for anything she does. My oldest son, nope. He's just kind of like, okay. I I was so emotional as a teenager. I couldn't tell you which way I fell on that spectrum. Same. I was a highly emotional teenager. I cried a lot, which I later found out was due to my anxiety attacks. That sounds about right. At first I thought I was just emotional AF. But, no, just anxious as hell. Right? 
Um, this became, again, this is where this quote comes in. Um, it became more noticeable of the lack of empathy and remorse during Kim's interview with police. She would go on to tell them about her troubled history with her mother and said her sister had always been the favorite to Elizabeth. That's so... Mm, no. Mm, no. I mean, parents may have, like, a person that they might connect to more, but there's not a favorite. Yeah, you're... St- like... Sometimes my kids drive me insane, but I'm not going to sit there and pick out and say, well, he's my favorite. You guys can go somewhere else. Yeah, no. Like, my mom has always told me that I was her quote-unquote favorite at one point, and that's because I lived 12 hours away and I wasn't still living in her house, unlike my two older siblings, who at that point were living with her to save up money for their own houses. Right. But they were living with her all the time. Of course, I was going to be her quote-unquote favorite at that point. I mean, my mom has never sat there and told me or my sister that we were her favorites at all. No. She equally does as much as she possibly can. Exactly. For us. So... I mean, I will say, as parents, sometimes you do joke and say, oh, well, you're my favorite. Yeah. This is why you're my favorite. You love your kids the same for different reasons. Exactly. Mm, Whatever. Okay, keep going. I'm getting angry. (laughs) I know you are, and I knew you would. Um, Again, there's this quote where she said she missed her sister, but thought that she should die anyways because she wouldn't have been able to cope with her mom's death. Which I've called bullshit. Full bullshit. So both Lucas and Kim were tried in Nottingham Crown Court in November of 2016. So mind you, this happened in April. It took them until November to try them. I don't know the timeline after that. I don't know. Was the prosecution like gathering evidence? What's going on here? Um, I mean, there probably could have been a lot of loopholes because they were underage. They were only 14 years old. There was probably a lot of psych evaluations. Were they tried as adults? The justice would hand both teenagers a minimum sentence of 20 years, which was later. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure because I don't think the, I think the UK determines it by their um crime and not so much by their age but i could be wrong there could be multiple factors there could to say we're not we're not in group we're not in what we're not in great britain no Um, but uh the 20-year sentence was reduced to 17 and a half years following an appeal the following summer um, sources have compared these two to the Moore's murders, which, mm-hmm. have you heard of that? Yes, I've heard of the Moore's murders. They compared these two to the Moore murderers due to their lack of empathy. And I saw a source that said that they displayed serial killer traits. So who knows if this could have been right? their yeah. only kill, especially if. God forbid somebody had come between their relationship again. They showed no remorse for killing someone because they didn't want them to have sex. Basically, a bunch of horny teenagers were being told no, so they... I mean, granted, I was not sexually active at that age, but I also know the hormones that happen at that age. Like, there's a lot going on, but at no point was killing my mom 
or my dad or my siblings ever in discussion or a thought in my head at any point. Same. I don't, I don't think that ever crossed my mind, but also I don't think it would have ever crossed my mind. I mean, I didn't have an easy childhood, but I didn't have the absolute worst childhood. And I don't know how else Kim or Kim and Elizabeth's relationship was after that domestic uh, violence between each other. I don't know if there was more. They only listed the one. But I think Elizabeth did feel remorse for what she did to Kim. So she turned herself in. She turned herself into social services for hitting her kid. I mean, if she didn't feel remorse for that, she would have just done it again and not turned herself over. Yeah. So I do think that she did absolutely love Kim. And I do think that she turned herself over because she did not want to do that again. To either one of her daughters. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, At this time, Kim still thinks she did her mother and sister a favor by killing them. Ugh. And it it honestly still bothers me that they get to finish out their lives. Whereas Katie and Elizabeth were not given that choice. I mean, no, it was taken from them by horny teenagers who couldn't just chill it for all of uh, five years. Right. So, can I promise you, if I asked my sister, like, hey, would you rather me kill you now, or would you rather live out your life? She'd be like, "Mm, thanks, I'm going to take my life, thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Um, I'm going to live. No point would my sister ever be like, no, just kill me, that's fine, I'd rather not deal with this. Right, I mean, same Same with my sister. sister. Love you, Sarah. (laughs) So, that is the Twilight Murders. I hate it. (laughs) I expected you to. I absolutely hate it. Like, ugh. Thank you, Dory. Thanks, Dory. (laughs) This absolutely had nothing to do with Dory. I just found it and was like, oh, Dory likes Twilight. Have we brought up Dory in every single episode? I'm pretty sure we have. Okay, she's obviously our favorite person in the group. We love her. We do adore her. I mean, they think I'm your favorite. I think they think Trey is my favorite. Your favorite guy. Or Spence. I think it's leaning more towards Spence. Mm-hmm. Naturally. <laughs> naturally. It happens naturally. Did you like my little gif I sent last night? I did. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Spence. Actually, I love our entire brownies group. Cheers to the tri- <laughs> Cheers to the what? Cheers to the brownies group for being the best friends ever and for Absolutely. supporting us. And keep on asking. They keep on asking us when we're gonna actually publish an episode. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't know. We're not it. Ethan <laughs> told me today that he's not going to really dive into a certain uh, story that I think you're gonna cover next because he wants to hear it from us. The one that we talked about earlier today. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if you were still doing it or not. Yeah, I'll do. That. I have nothing else in my mind, and I haven't okay. actually researched it, so I'm totally down for it. Okay. Awesome. So. The next episode is going to be Unsolved Crimes. I'm actually really excited. This is actually going to be our first guest. It is our really good friend, Christy. I love Christy. Christy is so amazing, and she's so much fun. 
And she's she actually picked this topic whenever she thought she was going to be covering a certain case. But then the case ended up being not an actual case. Well, they don't know if it's an actual case. It's, again, still unsolved, so they don't know what happened with that. I mean, she didn't know if it was based off a real case or if it was completely made up, if it was fiction. Yeah. So she had to pick a new case. And I think we need to remind her that we have to do this next week, next Thursday. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Good thing she doesn't live that far from me. That's true. She probably text her. Um, <laughs> it's a safe bet. Anyway, holy hell. I think Maria needs to get off here so she can <laughs> cool down. I still have a little bit of wine left. Honey, I think I'm going to be finishing that because I don't have to leave. <laughs> she fucking chugs it. This asshole. I am not driving you home. No, I'm fine to drive. I just can't talk. <laughs> okay, James. <laughs> also, shout out to Hambone slash James slash Jimmy slash Jambone slash what I call Hammy. How many names does he have? He has so many. There's Jaminator. There's so many. I don't know names. what to call him every time I see him walk out of the building. I call him Hammy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he was drunk and tried to call himself Jambone. And he called himself Hambone? He called himself Hambone. <laughs> so I call him Hammy. Aww. That's I know. a cute name, though. Trying to get more of those stone pieces. Oh, for Christ's sakes. You know what, listeners? If you guys subscribe to Patreon, if we get 10 people to subscribe to Patreon, I will tell you guys all about my stones and the adventures that I have had. (laughs) I mean, ultimately, we can also have a QA. and a Oof. Well, that'll be fun. Oof. All right. If we get up to, let's say, 50, 50 people subscribing on Patreon and, like, donating to us. Absolutely. We will have... A 50 questions Q&A, 25 to me and 25 to you, that we have to answer completely honest. Oof. Oof. I'll do it. I'm game. I'm sorry, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Mom. Um, I wonder how well that gets communicated with my Kentucky-ass accent. Compared to your your northern accent, yes, you've actually got it pretty down, pretty well, pretty down, pretty well, damn straight. Because <laughs> you know I'm from the deep south. You are from the deep south. You're from Kentucky. Yeah, I mean technically I'm from a deeper south. You are. I spent most of my life <laughs> deep south <laughs> down in uh, Oklahoma. Boy, go pucks. But no. also go pack go because I'm originally from Wisconsin. So. Nope, neither. What are you against the Cowboys? They're not even in the same conference. Oklahoma State Cowboys. Oh, I was like, Dallas Cowboys? No. No. All that most people in Oklahoma like the Cowboys because... Ew. I mean, what else? They don't have an NFL team for Oklahoma. I mean, that's true because... Uh, I like the Indianapolis Colts, but that's because, honestly, the high school I went to also has the same type of mascot. Yeah, no. And because it's the closest NFL team compared to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, no. To Kentucky. uh, Our closest is, like, Dallas. And the only pro team we have in Oklahoma is the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
even then they're pretty new. Well, what's hilarious is my supervisor's favorite is cowboys. And Current I, supervisor? Yes. Why? <laughs> Ask him. I'm about to attack him. He's coming back to the office tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. Oof. I'm going to give him so much so much crap, especially because he and I talk sports a lot. Oh, what's hilarious is whenever that. he brought that up, I literally went, oh, I'm sorry. And he goes, it's okay. I know. <laughs> I'm probably not going to remember this conversation tomorrow. So no, absolutely or not. Well, what's also funny is I said he brought up their their line or something like that. I can't remember which one. Okay. That was always failing. Two. The, the defensive line, I think, was the conversation. Okay. And I said, oh, well, I know that problem. I'm a Colts fan. For the longest time, our defensive line sucked. Let me it's tell better you. Better than Christy, who's a Browns fan. Oh. Oh. I mean, they had a much better season than both of oh, our teams. Com- <laughs> okay, I think we need to go so she can dry out. So, like we said, next week is our first guest, which is Christy, for our Unsolved for episode four. So, in between now and then, please like our Facebook page, which is Masked Sandy Podcast Discussion Group, or um, subscribe to us on Patreon. No. Abs- donate to us on Patreon? Yes, I, th- I believe it's donate. You can also follow. If you don't want to donate right away or can't, you can always follow us on Patreon as well. The sooner you guys donate, the sooner we can get better mics. Absolutely. The Lord knows we need it. We had so much problem trying to set up this podcast. It took us an hour alone to figure out how the hell to record, and it just ended up me downloading my own program and recording on my own computer. Yeah, we still don't know if it's going to work well or not, so we might have to read, like, record this episode. But it's fine. It's fine. We're going to get through this. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for listening and tune in next week for our unsolved crimes. I don't think something like that. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.